Everyone, remain calm. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. That's how it always starts. And later, there's running and screaming. World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello. And welcome to the 12th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we have some news to catch up on. Also, an audio segment, another top 10 segment with Dan Karan, and we'll round it off with some listener emails. So let's start off with some Jurassic news from around the world. Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access main program. Access main security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. It's day. I guarantee it. We have a quick update for the Jurassic Park coaster out in Universal Studios Japan. According to Screamscape.com, a few pictures uploaded to Twitter confirm some design elements to the flying coaster. Check out the link in the show notes. The Lego Indominus Rex is almost at 10,000 supporters. If you love this design, which you should, head over to the link in the show notes to support the creation. I'm sure we'd all love to see this one hit the shelves. The weekend of August 8th, Jurassic World finally opened up in Japan and took the number one slot. It took a while for the film to reach Japan, but congrats to the cast and crew on another number one weekend at the box office. In a bit of happy news for everyone in the UK, the sequel to Jurassic World will open two weeks earlier than the US. I'm a bit sad to hear this, as I don't want anybody to spoil the film for me, but I'm sure everyone in the UK is absolutely thrilled. They'll catch the film on June 7th, 2018. Gizmodo.com posted a great article about Sue the T-Rex, the largest and most well-preserved T-Rex fossil ever found. It's the 25th anniversary of the discovery, so head over to the link in the show notes to find their awesome conversations with the leader of the expedition. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for a video and article found on TheVerge.com. It contains an awesome video detailing Industrial Light and Magic's VR lab. It mostly has Star Wars related content, but the video also has someone reacting to a raptor in a virtual reality space. It's pretty awesome, so I suggest you check it out. In probably the biggest news this week, Colin Trevorrow did so well with Jurassic World that they are now handing him the keys to Star Wars 9. It was announced this weekend at Disney's D23 convention. Congrats to Colin on the huge news. Good luck, man. Can't wait to see what you do with it. Oh, hear fire! Do not fire! God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. 
right all the time. We're gonna have to drop the can. Are you ready? One, two, come on! Uh, this clip comes from BehindTheThrills.com. They got a chance to quickly ask Jurassic World star Ty Simpkins a few questions about the Jurassic presence in the Universal Parks. Take a listen. So, Ty, quick question for you. Yeah. Have you gone to the Jurassic Park area at either Universal Hollywood or Universal Orlando? I've been to both. So, it's awesome. It, it's way cooler here than Hollywood. Really? So, yeah, I hope they expand the Hollywood version. Mm-hmm. Now, what's your favorite part about the attraction here? Attraction here? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like when you, like, because when you walk in here, there's like the gates and everything, and that's awesome. I mean, they have something similar at Universal Hollywood, mm-hmm. so when you walk, it, when you go on the ride, there's the gates, but this is way cooler because there's this whole area, and you like hear the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the raptor yet? Yeah. 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 Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where Dan, Karan, and I will give you our top 10 things that we'd like to see in the Jurassic World sequel. So this week, I figured we'd continue the discussion about the sequel to Jurassic World. And so I brought in Dan Karan again to discuss... uh, his thoughts and my thoughts on our top 10 things we'd like to see in a sequel. How you doing, Dan? Not too bad, Brad. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I think I got a decent list here. How about you? Um, yeah, you know, that's not too bad. I think it's pretty, I think it'll be an all right list. All right. Well, well let's see. I'm going to start off with uh I don't think it's any in any order, so I'm just going to start off and we'll say number 10. Um, I want to see an apocalyptic scenario. Um, I'm not sure where or how, whether it's on, you know, the island or, um, you know, back on the mainland. Somehow things get out of control and dinosaurs are on the loose and, you know, society collapses. I don't know. I just want to see more apocalyptic flair. I think, yeah, no, I I think that would be really cool. I think that, um, you know, what we've seen has kind of been contained at this point to, you know, a particular island. and, And I think branching out from there could be, you know, really cool interesting take on uh on the movies yeah so uh what's your number 10 i i i'm hoping for some type of prequel scenario um something that kind of gives um you know a take from pre-successful park and maybe getting all of getting the island back in order you know because there was a time where there was just chaos on this island right and they have to kind of bring it back to order and i think that that um, trying to contain the dinosaurs that have escaped from all of their respective paddocks, I think that that would be something that that could offer um, you know some type of plot to another movie. I think that's an awesome idea. I don't know how they tackle that, but I think you could definitely sustain a, you know another two hour movie um, before the events of Jurassic World. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So my number nine is a return to is a Sorna. I want to see that island again. Like, I don't know what's been happening there for the past, you know, however many years, since 2001 when, you know, the Kirbys went there to, to rescue Eric. 
Um, so maybe, maybe there's a new research facility. Um, but I don't know. Who knows what's over there? I'd love to see what's happening. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe they could kind of, you know, going along the same lines as, you know, getting things back in order, maybe maybe going between the two islands and, and you know, almost merging the two in a way, you know? Yeah, that, that would be a great idea for the prequel. You know, you see a little bit of what's going on in Nublar, but maybe the main story happens on Sorna. I think that's a great idea. So what's your number nine? Um, You know, I actually kind of enjoyed the... Um, the genetically modified dinosaur uh, idea. Um, I think that they can go a lot more directions with that, and um, I think that could 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 be an interesting, um, you know, may, maybe coming up with with those the going along with the prequel scenario, um, where maybe maybe there was like the development stages didn't necessarily work out as planned, right? Yeah. So maybe that could kind of um, offer a little bit to, to, to a different spin on, on how the park was created. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. I just recently saw some artwork online of uh, basically what you're talking about. It's just like a, a genetically modified dinosaur that really just screwed up, you know? Yeah. So I, I could see that happening. That's a really good idea. Uh, moving on to number eight, I picked Alejandro Nivola, and he played Billy Brennan in Jurassic Park 3. I think, uh, I really think, you know, his, his character was a side character, yet his actions motivated the whole storyline for Jurassic Park 3. But I think um, I would love to see him working with Owen. And, uh, you know, maybe the events on the island pushed him to research raptors more. And since he was at the forefront of 3D printing, like I mentioned in, in last week's episode, I, I, I think, you know, maybe he's become a... Uh, um, you know, uh, an expert on raptor calls or something like that. So I'd like to see his involvement in the next movie. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea, actually. I, I, I like he was pretty focused in the in the the raptor realm, and uh, I think that could be pretty cool. And do you have a number eight? Or <sighs> yes, I do have a number eight. <laughs> as, as as a matter of fact, uh, I think it would be uh, you know a d- pretty decent idea to to work back. Uh, backwards again and maybe um you know think of a way to incorporate tim and lex um from from the original jurassic park i think that um you know they did make an appearance in lost world for um a few minutes or seconds really and um i think that if they had some type of involvement in the creation of um you know a new park and living in their grandfather's legacy given their experiences at the park I think that would um, be cool to kind of bring back another character that, that we haven't really seen in a while. Who knows what their mentality is now, and uh, that would be so cool to see them interact with the new characters. Yeah. So my number seven is the T-Rex. I think we got to see her one more time. I'm not sure how. I don't know how to involve her or whether we're going back to the island or not. I just really want to see... You know, either her bowing out or see some final explanation as to what happens to her. I think we got to see her somehow. She's actually my next pick. Um, So I think that could be, um, you know, I I think that could be troublesome if the the movies take a later um, time frame. Uh, I I don't Mm -hmm. really know what the the lifespan of a T-Rex is, but it's already been... Um, you know, a good twenty something years that, yeah. that she's been around. So yeah, she'll um, be super old by that point. Exactly. So so we may that that might be a tough one if it's a later date. But I think um, she's 
you know, most definitely got to make at least an appearance. Yeah. So coming in at number six, I want to see Michael Giacchino again. Now, he did the soundtrack for the for uh, Jurassic World, and I think he did an amazing job. I thought he really blended the new music with the old music perfectly, and um, he's going to come into play with something else I have on my list later on, but I won't spoil that. But um, I think he did a great job, so I'd love to see him do it again. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. I think um, he did a really good job of incorporating some of the old uh, sounds that we heard in all the other Jurassic Parks, um, or at least the original, and... Um, yeah, a little a few bit here, of the Lost World, tiny. Yeah, a few here and there, but um, I, th- I think, you know, I, I definitely like the way that, that he was able to kind of merge the, the two different um, sounds um, yeah. throughout the, the two films. So. so what's your number six? My number six. Um, so my favorite dinosaur from the original movie uh, was the Triceratops. I know she was sick and, and not feeling too well, but um, I think that seeing the Triceratops in a more, um, you know, intense type of scene, I think that could be pretty cool. Um, and, you know, maybe some type of, like, fight scene or, you know, impaling a, a, a raptor or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, I think it could be pretty cool. So um, yeah. that that's where I would kind of fall on that one. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. You know, that's basically the scenario that everybody dreams about is seeing, like, a triceratops versus a, a rex or you know something like that so that would be awesome i'd love that so going to number five now i want to see bd wong come back and he plays dr henry Wu. i really don't think his storyline was finished you know they kind of whisked him off at the end of jurassic world and uh you know they made a few passing comments but you don't really learn where he went or what happened to his character so i feel like they need to con- uh need to conclude his storyline and uh maybe help build upon that you know maybe he's off with another company or an offshoot of ingen building more dinosaurs you know or creating new hybrids like like you mentioned before i'd love to see what he's up to yeah i definitely want to see henry Wu um come back again i I think jurassic world definitely like leaves it totally wide open for for him to come back um and i think oskins could possibly make an appearance with him it seems like they could have potentially been working together or had some type of um you know interaction that wasn't really touched on in in Jurassic World so um I, I kind of lumped those two together but they're they're a little bit farther into my list but I, okay. I guess I'll just mention them now all right so that's your uh your number five then right yeah and and actually kind of working the villain scene I'm going to go into my number four okay um, and I think it would be cool to see Dodson Ooh, that would be tricky, but I think it could happen. I mean, I would assume at this point we'd need a new actor due to all the circumstances that happened uh, behind the scenes with that guy. But Dodson, oh, we got to see him and his company again. I mean, they they didn't really give him a, a signing off for any of the movies. No, um, and and I think that you know in the books, I I'm, I didn't read them but i know that he is featured in uh the lost world and um you know there is more plot uh surrounding him all right so my number four is omar sai and he played barry from jurassic world and he was the guy who helped uh training the raptors with owen and i think he had he had a decent part you know it wasn't a huge part in jurassic world but i think he could be you know integral into helping 
Owen in the future. You know, I don't know what Owen's going to be up to, whether he's training more raptors or other dinosaurs or, or creating a task force of some, some kind. I could totally see those two working together. And, uh, man, it would be awesome if we've already talked about all this. We've, we could see Billy, Timmy, uh, Barry, and Owen all working together. That would be awesome. I don't know if that is going to happen, but uh, I'd love to see that. That would be pretty cool, and it seems like they all kind of had a, a common common uh, interest in, in that particular yeah. dinosaur. So I think so. I, I could definitely see it happening. So uh, what's your number three? My number three, I think uh, it'd be cool to, to take it back to the initial movie and incorporate one of the main characters, uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler. I feel like she, she could potentially come back and um, you know make, make a, a decent... Uh, appearance in the, in the film so my number three is blue and she was one of the most beloved characters from jurassic world you know everybody on the internet is going crazy about that dinosaur so i feel like we need to see what happens whether she's incorporated in a new team that owen trains or you know or we just see you know her her send off on the island i'd love to see what happens with that dinosaur because it was a great design I don't feel like they should waste it, you know, since it was such a memorable character. I feel like they got to bring her back, so uh, hopefully they bring her back somehow. So what's your number two? My number two would be Ian Malcolm. Uh, I think, you know, we haven't really heard from him uh, in a while with the series, and, you know, he did such an awesome job in the first and second movie, so I love that character so much. I I think it would be really cool to to reincorporate him into the series, and, uh, you know, I I think it would be... Uh, you know, pretty cool to do that. Yeah, and I, I think what they need to incorporate for for uh, this this sequel here is the Ian Malcolm wingsuit. You know that wing pack that he had. As oh a man, yeah. Like that's now's the time. Like we see wingsuits all the time on YouTube, so why not uh, give Ian Malcolm one? Yeah, that would be ridiculous. We yeah, especially if he's going through a tiny hole in a mountain <laughs> now, and if you just don't know... gets gets scooped up by a T Rex. <laughs> If you have no clue what we're talking about, just go back and reference the the Lost World toys because it was a, a crazy toy that I had no idea why that even existed, but it was pretty awesome and I loved it. So it was, and it came with a pterodactyl, right? Did it? I think so? Yeah. So it'd be cool to you know fly with them and you know that would be awesome. All right, so um, coming in at number two, um, I brought back the Spinosaurus. Now that you know that one played uh, a huge part in Jurassic Park three, and it it barely got a send off. You know, it was basically the main villain. I feel like the Raptors were like the secondary villain, but turned out to be the main villain at the end. So I'd love to see what happened. You know, last we saw, she basically got um, terrorized by a flare and a, a little bit of oil in the water, and um, that's it. You know, so I'd love to see her come back. And she was so crazed. I'd love to see her get taken out this time, because she's not one of my Yikes. favorites. You know, she's not like she's not like the original Rex or or anything like that. I'd like to see her get taken out because she was like a violent monster. You're right. She was definitely portrayed as 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 a, a villain. You know, yeah. whereas the Rex was was really the the hero yeah. of the first movie. So and especially because she the Rex. Uh, the Spino actually took out a Rex in the movie. You know, I'd love to see a little bit of revenge. You know, maybe maybe a, uh, a Rex on Sorna. So where's the other one? Maybe she's going to hunt down that Spino and take her out. So what's your number one? My number one would be 
Grant. He was my favorite character in all the movies. Um, it would be great to, to just see him again and, and incorpor reincorporate him as well. Um, and, you know, in case you haven't noticed my theme here, it's kind of like getting the gang all together again um, while incorporating a lot of the new cast as well. So I think it would be kind of cool to, to kind of show him um, seeing a park that, that he uh, wasn't, you know, interested in endorsing. Uh, but, you know, I think that would be kind of cool to just bring him back in and see it successful. Yeah, that would be interesting. I'm not sure what kind of role he would play in a sequel, but uh, it would be interesting to see his take on on the success of the park and then the collapse of the park. Like, I'd love to see both aspects. Yeah, and with this, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I, I think he should be like a main character, but it, I think it would be nice to just see him um, and, and some of these other characters come back um, with, with a, you know, minor roles here and there while still... Um, building like a new plot, new ideas. It doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be fully, um, you know, dependent on on some of the prior stuff that we've been exposed to so far. So yeah, um, I don't see him as a main role, but it could be pretty cool to just kind of see him again and mm -hmm. and see what he has to say. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Maybe like um, sort of like a panel or something. You know, you've got Ian Malcolm, Doctor Grant. You've got Sattler, and and you've got these guys, these old characters, just uh, you know telling why they think it was a bad idea to open this park in the first place and you know um what can they do to deter this from happening again you know stuff like that maybe it's like a a, a cnn recording or something like that uh, you know i could see that happening yeah i think that'd be pretty cool especially um you know if it happens prior to prior to the park i think that they they would have a lot to say um mm -hmm. about opening something like that yeah definitely so wrapping it up um my number one is Matt Reeves. Now, you may not know who he is. He's he's actually a director, and he directed Cloverfield and, most recently, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, that, that, that title is a mouthful. <laughs> but um, he's, he's an awesome director. I don't know if you've seen those movies, but I really feel like if we're going to go with an apocalyptic uh, scenario, he's the guy to go with because Cloverfield... Um, that was like, you know, a monster terror terrorizing a city, which would be great. You know, we've got dinosaurs. Maybe they're going to terrorize the city. Um, and also, Dawn of the Planet of the... Ah, that's so hard to say. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I think that was a really apocalyptic movie with, you know, the overgrown San Francisco and, uh, you know, just, just the world that they built there. So I'd love to see him build that world uh, for Jurassic World. And, um... I think he really does a great job with blending the CG and the, the real stuff in the movies. And also, um, I just think he's great with the war aspect. And a lot of people say, you know, maybe this is going to be uh, war dinosaurs or something like that. You know, dinosaurs with machine guns on their backs or something. But um, I think he would at least do it justice because he's used to that, you know, like by bringing in an army to take out the monster in Cloverfield or... The, the clash of the apes and the humans. I think he would do a great job. And also, um, Michael Giacchino did the score for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And uh, I think uh, I think those two would work well together. So that's my number one. No Michael Bay? Ah, man, I should have. I, you know, I thought about it. You know, he did, did such a terrible job on most of his movies. But, <laughs> um, you know, could have included him. But I left him off. 
especially with that war uh the war aspect i mean i feel like he would yeah. he would kill it yeah he did really good justice to the uh the dinosaurs in uh transformers 4 so <laughs> So I think that about wraps it up. Uh, we really covered a lot of topics, you know, everything from scenarios to characters to dinosaurs and, and all kinds of things we'd like to see in the new movie. So I'm glad you uh, decided to join me and discuss this with me. So uh, thank you. Thanks for having me again, bro. I can't get Jurassic Park back online without Dennis Dendry. Incorporating all the latest technologies. We shouldn't be here. And there's five dinosaurs. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? I got a few listener emails this week, and I'll start off on one from Lonnie. Lonnie says, Hey Brad, first I wanted to say great job on the podcast. It helps me pass the time through the workday and is great to hear from other longtime Jurassic Park fans. I used to work at Universal Orlando, and Jurassic Park was, of course, my favorite section. Also, great music and sound clip intros. Keep it up. I have two questions I thought about while listening to your podcast intro. Number one, one of your intro audio clips I hear, this photo was taken from Costa Rica 48 hours ago. Was that from a deleted scene? Because I don't remember that one from the movies. I was just curious as to what that was from. Number two. Also, you hear John Hammond say, Welcome to Jurassic World, which is pretty awesome. I remember the incredible actor Richard Attenborough, who played John Hammond, unfortunately passed away almost a year before the movie was released. I believe that sound clip was from a commercial. Do you have any knowledge if that was actual voice of Richard Attenborough before he passed? Which would be great and appropriate final voiceover, even if it wasn't in the movie. I am sure you have many great ideas for upcoming episodes. One fun idea may be a top 5 best and worst Jurassic Park video games over the past 20 years. Mainly worst, because I played about half of them probably. There are a few pretty good ones. Keep up the good work and keep it coming. Thanks, Lonnie. Thanks a ton, Lonnie, for the kind words. Maybe others were wondering your questions as well, so let me explain. The intro clip for the news segment features audio from a deleted scene from The Lost World. I really wanted to include something from that scene because I love the amount of exposition it gives to both the film before it and also what's to come in The Lost World. It basically explains the litigation from the deaths on the main island and also the removal of John Hammond from the corporate structure. So that's where that clip came from and hopefully it solves the question for you and others. As for the second question, we hear John Hammond say welcome to Jurassic World. And the second I heard that one in the trailers for Jurassic World, it struck a chord. Honestly, I don't know where it came from. I don't think they got Richard Attenborough to record the audio before his death, so I really think there's only two options. The first option is that they took the audio from somewhere else and just spliced it into the original line. All they would need to do is just find him saying the word world uh, somewhere else and just cut and paste. The other option is that maybe they got his brother to record the audio. I feel like the first option is probably the correct answer, but maybe they asked his brother David for a line of dialogue. He does sound eerily like him. Also, I'd love to do an episode about video games. I'm still looking into getting a Jurassic game expert out there to join me, so if you or anyone else knows one, send me an email. Moving on to the next email, we got one from Jennifer. 
I'm just going to answer these questions with an email to make it a little bit easier. She says, Here are my thoughts and responses to your Jurassic World review. Hope you enjoy. First off, I love what you said about the eggs in the beginning. It never crossed my mind that it was foreshadowing the Indominus being the stronger of the siblings. Amazing observation. It's a shame that you were spoiled by the trailers. I avoided all spoilers and trailers before this movie, and actually after seeing the raptor training scene in the first trailer, I got so mad at this film that I avoided all further promotion. This franchise means so much to me, and the first trailer made me so angry. I went into this movie with the attitude of, impress me, and it did in a huge way. This movie is absolutely worthy of the franchise, and I could not be more proud of this film, and everyone involved. They knew their audience and played to them in the best way, but not too much that it became annoying or overintrusive that it would take out the new fans of the film. I grew up with JP my entire life, and to have this movie step up and be everything I could ever need it to be, I'm just so relieved. I believe this movie is 99% perfect, while the original was 99.9% perfect. So Jennifer, I love that you're able to go into the film without being spoiled at all. It's very tough for me to not watch any trailers. I wish I could do it, uh, but I guess I'm just too weak. I'm working on trying not to watch trailers at all and not read any spoilers, but it's a hard task. So back to the email. The Raptors running towards the camera with the truck slash motorcycle lights behind them is probably my favorite shot. Right up there with the shot of the Indominus Rex was ready to kill the T-Rex and everything goes silent. And then the raptor yells and it cuts to slow motion into full speed of the raptor running. Oh my god, epic, epic, epic. Oh my gosh. And that shot of the T-Rex walking towards the flare through the trees in darkness with that dramatic music. Oh my god, I can't even express my love for this. That raptor scene you mentioned is probably my favorite shot in the film. Uh, first off, that whole raptor squad scene is my favorite. But that shot of them running towards the camera is just the best. The realism in that shot is insane. Heading back to the email, let's go. Overall, the music is beautiful in this film. The combining of the new theme and the old theme interchangeably is seamless. I especially love the theme used for the boys. I have to speak to your criticisms. When you guys were talking about not liking certain characters like Hoskins and that being a negative of the film, isn't that the point of his character though? Everyone can't be likable or you won't have a plot. You're not supposed to like Claire at the beginning, Zack or Hoskins at all. I can't see how that's being a negative. Just because you don't specifically like a character, that doesn't mean it's bad characterization slash acting. That's actually good characterization or acting, because they did their job. Jennifer, I totally agree with you in this sentiment. I think my guest for that episode was Dan, and he maybe had some harsh feelings towards Hoskins, but I think it was maybe more so a personal dislike than anything else. But you're right though, Claire, Zach, and Hoskins are supposed to be unlikable. And at least the the first two grow on you. So, heading back into the email. I also have to defend Claire a little here. The Apatosaurus scene is huge for her. And it's probably the first time she's actually seeing a dinosaur without the glass separating them. Everything happens in this scene for me. Even though this dino is clearly not going to hurt her when it raises its head, Claire is actually scared and has no idea how to react. She feels guilt, regret, sadness, confusion, and fear all at once. And it's a huge turning point for her, in my opinion. I love how she almost looks at Owen almost childlike with a million questions. I don't know if that's just the direction or just Bryce, but that one moment spoke so many volumes for me and was huge for the character and completely humanized her. 
I think you're right with this, and I don't think we pointed it out at all. It really was a turning point for her. Up until that point, she was pretty much straight-laced and, and even mentioned earlier how there's no way to measure the animal's emotional experience. But she certainly got a close perspective, and that definitely changed uh, her reality. So continuing on. As far as exploring more of the visitor center, any fan of the original movie would love 20 minutes of that scene. But I feel like it was perfectly done and tasteful. Anything else would have been an excessive, blatant catering to the fans. This movie walked the perfect line of nostalgia and the birth of a new franchise. Since I avoided all the promotion, I had no idea there was a visitor center scene and it blew my mind. Also, I'm surprised that you didn't think the doors were recognizable. The camera even panned up to where you saw the T-Rex emblem above the doorway, which makes it immediately recognizable. Alright, so this point right here, this is the one I wanted to sink my teeth into. I still disagree that the area was recognizable. So yes, the doors uh, in the entry were the same, but the entire area around the visitor center deviated very far from the original film. If you look at the old visitor center, uh, you'll see that it's basically um, like a tiered garden section with waterfall uh, going down. It's all concrete, and that's on either side of the doors. Now those sections are set higher than the ground level, and uh, there's also three flights of stairs getting up to the doors. Now, in Jurassic World, they noticed the crashed ATV uh, off to the left-hand side, um, and they're essentially eye-level with the doors. Um, so right at that position, they would be right where those waterfall-slash-garden area would be. But um, also, somehow they needed to go up a few sets of stairs to get to the door. Um, so I just, I don't get it. I mean, it, it doesn't line up with what you see in the original movie. And there's just so much overgrowth and uh, trees that weren't there before. So I really just wish we could have seen a little bit more to make you realize what they were stepping into. But aside from that, I love the scene. So moving on. I had zero problems with the product placement. I love that they poked fun of it. The Verizon wireless line was great in my opinion because that's exactly how it would be in real life today. It's so spot on. It didn't take me out of it at all. I loved it. Claire said the line with a tone of, we have to get sponsorship to help fund this dino. So it's just another mandatory corporate move. Also, I love the Jimmy Fallon bit. It's so modern and fantastic. I did not think it was product placement at all, and I bet that they had to pull some strings to get him in there. It's so clever and modern. It was needed because it enhanced the idea of spared no expense by getting the most current entertainer of the day to narrate the ride. And not only was it great to have him there, but to include shoutouts to the original movie with the Venom. Perfect. Okay, I think I've rambled on enough. Although it could talk for days. I don't know if you want to use any of that, or if you just want me to record something, or if you just enjoyed the read and want to leave it at that. That's all fine. Thanks for reading. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for sending in the email. We really appreciate the feedback and the critique of our critique. Can't wait to hear from you again. If you or anyone else has anything to say, you can send us an email at any time. That's JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We are also open to listeners submitting rants and recordings of their own. So if you have the ability to record, send us something. In addition to those methods, we now have a phone line that you can call and leave a voicemail. We'd love for you to call and leave a message so we can play it on the show and answer any concerns that you may have. If you want to call, that number is 732-825-7763. Give it a call and let us know what you have to add. Again, the number is 732-825-7763. 
Go ahead, leave us a message. Take a listen to Out of Touch Podcast. I recently joined host Jack Fitzsimmons to discuss the Jurassic films, starting up the podcast, our different fandoms, and much more. You're listening to Out of Touch. I'm your host, Jack Fitzsimmons. Welcome to episode 17. My guest this week is Brad Jost of the Jurassic Park podcast. Um, and I've, I find that I enjoy, more often than not, I enjoy the kind of unofficial fan run um, show. But <laughs> oh, it, God. it took me a good probably three years to get through that kitchen scene oh. before, before being able before to watch you the uncovered whole movie your eyes. without leaving the room or, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's just something you can't get anywhere else. So that's why I turned to those those few podcasts there. Uh, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my all-time favorite movie. What was the uh, which which T Rex was better, the stomp and the roar, or the one that from the second movie that could swallow people? And escape that Spielberginess, man. Please go download the podcast and leave Jack a great review. You can find the episode on iTunes, Lipson, Twitter, and more by searching for Out of Touch Podcasts. Thanks for listening to the 12th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I want to thank Dan for joining me to discuss our top 10 sequel ideas. Make sure to find him on Twitter, at Daniel underscore Quran. We are basically all over the internet now. Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Flickr. You can also listen to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube. I'm sure you can find us commenting on the Jurassic Park subreddit as Jurassic Park Podcast. You can do us a huge favor by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. It will seriously help us build our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. If you want to get a hold of us, of course you can tweet us, at Jurassic Park Pod. Or you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, segments, pictures, top tens, or comments to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can leave us a voicemail at 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. Bye.